With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus. Bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to a brand new edition of We Got Next here on the MMA Fighting Podcast Network. Appreciate you checking out the show. I am Mike Heck. This should be a fun one. And this will not be a long intro because I don't have much of a voice. And the reason for that is because it's been a very busy day. But on top of that, we recorded the second BTL championship matchup in the tournament between... Jose Youngs and Phoenix Carnivale, and it was epic, legendary, and you will hear that and see that episode premiere on our YouTube channel at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, same with the podcast. We're going to simultaneously drop them, recapping UFC 268, previewing UFC Vegas 42, previewing Bellator 271, and much more, and... Let's get right into the show this week because speaking of a busy weekend in combat sports, Bellator 271 in particular, two fighters from that card, and also a fighter competing on Fridays, BKFC 22 fight card as well. Later on the show, we'll talk to Britton Hart. She is back. What a year she has had, beating Paige Van Zandt, beating Jenny Savage. This Friday, she fights Pearl Gonzalez in a fight that, unbeknownst to us at the time, her and I actually kind of set up because I was out at BKFC 19 covering that event. Talked to Britton Hart if she beat Jenny Savage. Brought up Pearl Gonzalez's name. What are your thoughts on a fight with Pearl? She said, sure. I would love an easy fight like that. This thing blew up into craziness. Pearl Gonzalez told me, you'll see that interview on our YouTube page not too long from now, before the fight for sure. She told me that Daniel Cormier, the former UFC light heavyweight and heavyweight champion, you all know who DC is, actually watched the interview and sent it to her. So she got to see exactly how Britton Hart felt. Britton Hart feels a lot... She feels a lot of things about Pearl Gonzalez, and you'll hear that to wrap up the show this week. Valerie Lorraine is going to join us. She is back this Friday. Bellator 271 taking on Taylor Turner. She's coming off the first professional loss of her career. She's made a lot of changes. She's very intense. She's happy to fight in a hometown fight in South Florida. She's fired up. And you'll hear that conversation coming up in around 19 minutes or so. Just throwing it out there. But first, speaking of Bellator 271, in a fight that I'm looking forward to the most in terms of being on paper, this one's a good one. Big one at 145 pounds. The undefeated Justin Gonzalez makes his second Bellator appearance. And he's going to take on this man, our first guest on the show this week, the surging Aaron Pico. 
All right, let us welcome back to the program Aaron Pico, who is back in action Friday, November 12th, Bellator 271. What a matchup this is, taking on the undefeated Justin Gonzalez in Hollywood, Florida. Aaron, good to see you, my man. How are you? I'm doing good. Everything's going well. Um, yeah, no complaints here. Just living life. There you go. So first question I have for you, and I had this question immediately once the fight was confirmed, it has to do with the matchup itself because after your win over Aiden Lee, you were open to a lot of options. You have respect for the promotional matchmaking, of course, but a part of you was hoping for the rematch with Adam Borich, the number three ranked guy in your division in the Bellator rankings. And now you get an undefeated guy, a prospect, second fight with the promotion. This is the fight you were offered. You accepted, you're a company guy, but when the name was first presented to you, were you happy with that? Or were you hoping for someone ranked a little bit higher? To be honest with you, I, I really don't have any feelings towards it. I just said, okay, let's, let's fight. Um, yeah, I, he's a tough guy. I think it's a good style matchup for me. I think it's a good, I look at it. I can go out there and, and um, display my skills. I haven't fought a high level wrestler. He's pretty, you know, pretty high level. He wrestled D one. So I'm really excited to go out there and test my skills against him. Um, of course, I think after this fight, God willing, everything goes well. We get the, get the victory. I'm going to fight guys that are in front of me. The only guy that, that I will fight that's not in the rankings that, that, that is, um, just that I, I will risk fighting is Henry Corrales. I'll fight Henry Corrales. Who's not in the rankings or anything like that, just to get a rematch. But moving forward, I want to fight guys that are in front of me. So it is what it is. Um, there's a lot of pressure on me because I'm ranked ahead of him. He has really nothing to lose I, and everything to gain. I have everything to lose, but I look at my last four fights. I've been, um, in the same spot. So it's just another day at the office for me. Um, but I'm, I'm excited for this matchup. I really am. I, he's a, he feels that he can win. He's very, very confident. I feel I can win. So there's only one way to, uh, to settle this. That's to go fight. So it's all good. He made his debut on the same card that you got that win over Aiden Lee. And, and I asked him if the winner of your fight, because it hadn't happened yet, obviously, would, would interest him. And he essentially said, no disrespect. I'm the guy here now. I'm the guy in this division moving forward. And, you know, you've been there. You get your first Bellator win. You beat a tough guy. You're feeling on top of the world. So yeah. what do you make of that statement? One win and he's the king of the division now. Uh, it is what it is. Well, he's going to learn really quick. And to be honest with you, it really sucks because I thought he lost that fight. I watched, I've watched that fight five, probably 10 times. We've, we've broken this guy down, all the coaches. But we, we, I, I don't know how he won that fight, to be honest with you. I mean, that sucks for Taiwan Claxton. Um, I thought he won. Uh, let me ask you a question. If you, if you, how, how do you see him beating me, to be honest with you, other than just looking for a big shot and landing a crazy shot? Do you see him out wrestling me? Do you see him out striking me? Do you see his cardio being better than mine? Like, let me ask, how, how do you think he'll, he'll beat me? I don't know, man. I mean, I'm with you. Like, I love how you're putting me on the spot, by the way. Uh, I love, I love, I really love the fight. Like I love the matchup. It, it, it made sense from a, a promotional standpoint and from a matchmaking perspective, I was a little curious because you know, the, the rankings, they do mean something. You were, you're a top yeah. five guy in the Bellator rankings. You wanted the, the Borch yeah. fight and he was scheduled and then his fight fell out. So part of me thought they were just going to go back to that. Well, but it's an interesting test, man. Like it's, it's not a, Bellator likes to, as you know, with the prospects, you build them a certain way, you showcase yep. them a certain way and, and you let them build their, their brand, so to speak, to throw him into this fight with you in his second Bellator fight is a pretty big deal. And, and I agree with you that the pressure's on him. Yeah. I mean, the pressure's on you more, more so, and he's kind of playing with house money. So that's the way I look at it. So yeah. I don't know, man, like yeah. I'm not the big breakdown guy. I, I think obviously no, you're. Good. You're striking. I, I mean, put you on the spot. <laughs> oh no, it's no, it's all good. Yeah, I, it's, I look it's, at it like this. Sorry, I look at it like this. One, I can get the takedown. I will get the takedown eventually. It may he may stop it five times, but I'm gonna just be relentless with that. Let's just say I can't get the takedown, and we have to strike. I feel my striking is better than him. I feel my cardio is better than him. Um, my 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 grappling is a lot better, so I, I feel in a very very comfortable spot. But don't take that for granted. Don't think that I'm going to go out there and and oh I can just do whatever I want. My hands are going to be up, my chin's going to be down, and I'm going to be focused because I respect him. I really do. He's 12 and 0 for a reason. He's an amateur. He's undefeated as an amateur. This guy's no slouch. But I just feel like I'm better in every aspect of of MMA. Um, 
yeah, my record is eight and three, but look at the competition that I fought early on. I fought a lot of tough guys. Um, I'm This is, I've been in the organization all my career and uh, I feel ready. Honestly, I feel really good since my, from my last fight to this fight. Now I feel like I've made a lot of improvements. So it's going to be interesting. It really is. I feel like his best chance to win and, and I'm sure you're ready for this. He has to make this as dirty and as grueling and as gritty as possible, which at, at times you've been in that fire before, right? So mm-hmm. do you feel like that's something you're going to have to expect here and prepare for? Like not just, I mean, obviously if you're out in space and you're doing your thing and he lets you get off, it's, it could be a long night for him. But at the same time, if he gets in your face and makes this a gritty, grueling, dirty fight, it's probably his best chance. Kind of like the Claxton fight. He made things really grueling and gritty and was able to, to inch it out on a couple of the judges scorecards. So are you prepared for that? Like not just like a slug fest, but just a grueling grinding pace of a fight. Of course. Yeah, of course I'm ready for that. And, and, and I feel, um, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for anything to be honest with you ready for, for, I can go 25 minutes and go 15 minutes. My cardio is what, what is, uh, what I take pride in. So that's one thing that I have to my advantage. Um, but also my wrestling, I feel my wrestling is a lot better than him. And I saw Claxton take him down. And one thing about Claxton let him up. Now, now you look at my last fight, I let the guy get up five or six times. And that was a, I got drilled by Greg Jackson about that. So now we've made a lot of adjustments. Guys aren't getting up anymore. They're really not. I take you down. And if you do get up, it's going to be, it's going to be grueling for you. It's not going to just be, okay, get up. It's going to be, I'm going to be looking to bring you down and, and, you know, and, and, and just make my, make it grueling for them as well. So I, I've worked on a lot of things, um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun fight. I'm really excited for it. I, I, I really, really am. Seems like a lot has changed since the Aiden Lee fight, but a lot has happened in your life outside of fighting since the victory. You're, you're a dad now. You welcomed a, a baby boy into the world, right? How, how has that yeah. been so far? <laughs> it's been awesome. It's been definitely um it's just life changing it's awesome i enjoy um being a dad my wife and i are really really excited and yeah it's just uh yeah it's uh, it's the best feeling in the world honestly it's i can't even describe it there's a there's a quote that i grew up in the boston area one of my favorite boston sports reporters says a lot and actually said it to me when i met him a few years ago he said that when you become a parent when you see the baby for the first time you find out what your purpose in life truly is that you almost figure out right there and then why you were put on this earth and what you were put on this earth to do. And you seem to have had a lot of those things figured out anyways, but how would you say life has changed? Like how much more focused and motivated are you that you have added the title of dad to your job description? Yeah. As far as being motivated to win and stuff like that, I've always had that within me. I've always I started wrestling when I was four years old and started competing at a high, like at nationals, like around six years old. So I've always been motivated to be the best for me. I just want to be a great father. That's a big goal of mine is just be there for my son. And, and, and just, I'm more, honestly, I'm motivated to like go out there and, and, and make money. Cause I want to be able to support him in whatever, whatever, whatever he wants to do. He wants to be a tennis player. He wants to be a golf player. He wants to drive go-karts, whatever he wants to do, ride horses. I want to be able to support him and be able to give him a, a good foundation to whatever direction in life he wants to go. But um, I have big shoes to fill, to be honest with you. You know, my, my parents were there for me, um, really supported me. My dad's, my dad was a great father, uh, very supportive. And um, I just, you know, I want to be a good father like my dad was. And it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a, a crazy fun journey that I'm really excited about. So um, yeah, for me, my purpose is just to be a good father, go out there and do my job. I know, I know what the, I know why I'm fighting, I, but I, but I got to stay focused and I got to stay in the process and go out there and win and, and, and just live a, live a good life and, and be a, be a great father. That's, those are my goals. I can tell you from experience that when you're holding a baby, like you can't, it's, it's hard to imagine life eight years later, like when they, when they're like people and they're talking and you get to do stuff with them. Like, have you thought about what you're looking forward to the most being a dad? <sighs> Honestly, just, just, whatever my son decides to do, just being able to, for example, like my dad, I grew up wrestling, you know, uh, one thing that I really admire and, and, and about my dad is that we, we, we were at every wrestling tournament. We went to, you know, we traveled the country, we traveled the world together and just having those moments where it was just him and I, 
and being able to have good conversations. And, and, and I remember being a kid, my dad would be in the backyard. Um, we just talk for, for hours. I would tell him my goals, I want to be world champion in boxing. I want to be world champion in MMA. You know, I want to have a ranch one day when I have horses. I look forward to that with my son one day. You know, like I said, I'm not going to, to be honest with you, I don't want him to fight. Um, but whatever he decides to do, whether that be, you know, um, riding horses, playing golf, wherever, I just look forward to the, the fun travels life takes you and um, the cool places that we're going to get to go, the good conversations, the lots of room service and, you know, going to museums and, and just traveling the world. That's one thing I look forward to um, when he grows older. So, like I said, whatever he decides to do, I'm going to be there. Um, my wife is going to be there and we're going to be, we're going to be a good support system like, like my parents were. Well said. In terms of your professional career, you got this big fight November 12th at the Hard Rock. How do you see this all playing out? I don't know if you're in the prediction game, but, uh, you know, how you seeing it in your mind? Uh, yeah, no, if I had, if I had the answers, I would, uh, not be so, uh, nervous on edge. It's so focused, but, uh, no, I, you know, I got to just keep, you know, chin down, hands up, be focused and take the, let the fight happen. Um, that's one thing Greg has, has told me, he's so, you know, move your feet, work off your jab and the fight's going to open up for you. So, um, yeah, whatever, whatever, wherever I feel I can take the fight, I, I feel I can, I can take the fight on the ground. I can keep it standing. I feel confident. My cardio is good. So, We'll have to see. That's for everybody to tune in. True or false? You have your post-fight suit picked out and ready to go. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out to David August and uh, Micah over there at David August Clothing. They have a nice suit um, getting made right now. So I, uh, I really, really appreciate those guys over there at David August and um, just genuine, genuine good people. So, yep, I have my suit ready. <laughs> There you go. A few last things before you go. First, AJ McKee, your, your good friend, is a world champion. What a performance he had. And, and I'm sure you watched that one very closely. I know you guys aren't going to be fighting or anything like that, but what was that moment like for you to watch AJ go out there, get a finish like that in front of his home crowd and, and become a world champion? Well, I wonder if I'm being completely honest, my son was born um, literally like right then and there. So I wasn't even on my phone or watching anything. I saw it. Um, after you know he was born and i congratulated him i sent him a picture of my son i said man it's, it's the, we both have the greatest it's a great day for both of us i just had my son you just had you just won a world championship enjoy it um i i feel bad because i didn't watch it but my wife was giving it was in labor so uh i kind of have a, <laughs> i couldn't do much but like i said <laughs> i talked to him and uh <laughs> And uh, it, was, it was a good day. I was really happy for him. Him and his father. I mean, AJ is, for me, I feel AJ is one of the top five um, pound for pound fighters in the world. Honestly, he's very, very good. He's been around the sport a long time. He's very well coached with his dad. Him and his, him and Antonio have a really good uh, bond. And uh, I'm, I'm just really happy for him. And he's going to be a tough guy to beat. I, I don't really see how, I mean, how, how do you beat him? How do you beat him? You know? Yeah. And one of the things I enjoy about speaking with you about is you are, you're a huge fight fan. Like you're not just fighter, you're a huge fight. Fan. You, you watch fights all the time. You're a true student of the game, but like you said, he's in that discussion right now of being one of the best pound for pound fighters on the planet. And he's in the conversation of being one of the best featherweights in the world. And we, we book these fantasy fights all the time. Like what would happen if a fought Volkanovsky or if he fought Max Holloway? Like, how do you think he would stack up against those guys? I think he would win. I, I think, honestly, I really believe he would win. He's very, very good. He's, that's what a lot of people don't realize. He's very, very good. He's got the, he's, he's dangerous on the bottom. He's dangerous on top. He's got the, he's got the length. He's got, he's got the fight IQ. He's, he's relaxed in there. I mean, he's, he's, he's a really, really, he's a great fighter. Um, I'm, I'm really, I, I'm really like impressed with him. You know how good he is, how calm he can be, um, because he just may, he yeah he may he may be uh, very nervous and scared, but he sure doesn't look like it. You know he keeps a you know very uh, calm demeanor in there, and he just makes you know the right decisions. You know, and and that's fighting is making the right decisions at the right time, and it seems like he makes the right decisions every single time. Um, but back to your question, I think he would. I think he would um, would beat Volkanovski. I, I really do. Um, 
Um, I wish there was a way that we could all see it. You know, one day, one day, hopefully it'd be cool to see Bellator cross over and fight UFC fighters. We'll see. We don't know what the, the future holds. The sport is 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 crazy, but um, it's a very very good fighter and somebody that I that I um, admire in the sport. I really do. I hope I hope to get as relaxed in the cage as he is because it will be it will be good for me. You know, a lot of, I can make a lot of things happen in there if I can just get the fight IQ of AJ McKee for sure. Before your last fight, I, I spoke with Brandon Gibson and we talked about the similarities he sees between yourself and Carlos Condit. And I believe the quote he used was, they both have an affinity for violence when they're in the cage. And, and Carlos obviously recently announced his retirement from the sport after a legendary career. What was your reaction to that? And how much similarity do you see between yourself and a guy like Carlos Condit? Yeah, I think I'm very happy with Carlos. He's a legend and on all the things that he's done in, in the sport, somebody that I look up to, he's been in, you know, took GSP to basically nearly defeated him. It was a close fight. Um, I just think that him and I are very similar. We love fighting, you know, I, he's always in the gym. He's always willing to help people out. He's, you know, giving, you know, people tips and stuff. He's just a good, good guy. And, um, I wish him nothing but the best on retirement and he's a legend and one of the guys that is, uh, um, really helped the sport of MMA. So yeah, shout out to Carlos. And then lastly, and if, if you want to ignore me or tell me to kick rock score it ahead, but I wouldn't be doing my job if I didn't ask you this question, but recently one of your coaches, Mike Winklejohn re revealed that John Jones is not welcome in the gym. It's, it's a place you call home. It's changed your life and career. You talked about the importance of that. And you know, you and John have worked together. There's photos of the two of you guys. And I just want to get your reaction Not everything going on with John personally, because that's none of our business, but just his presence, not being there and your coach's decision and, and the impact it's had on Jackson wink from your perspective. Yeah. John, John is, uh, you know, I wish John nothing but the best. John has been a very uh, good help to me, helping me uh, as a fighter, breaking things down. And, um, you know, he's just a really good, has a really good, a fight IQ He's one of the greatest of all time. Um, but John is getting healthy. John is getting healthy. He seems like he's getting getting better. And and uh, I wish John nothing but the best. And you know, I believe he's going to be heavyweight world champion. He's very very good. So yeah, John is is healing and and seems to be in uh, great spirits. So um, that's all I I like said. I I'm not. I don't know anything about what goes on other than how he's treated me. And and um, yeah, he's gonna he's gonna bounce back and 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 shock a lot of people in the heavyweight division. So I'm excited for him. Understandable. Uh, last quick thing. How's your golf game these days? I, I know you're going to hit the links for your brother's birthday. I think you said, I think you said you're going to give it the old college try. How'd you do? How's, how's your golf swing these days? I know you're not um, probably playing as much these days. No, not too much. I, I like golf. I really do. My, my dad and brother and, and my, um, our good friend, um, they all play golf. I think it's just an excuse for me to just hang out on the golf course and smoke a cigar and, have a beer. So it's just, it's good time. <laughs> awesome. Aaron, I appreciate yeah. the time as always. Thank you very much. All the best to you rest of this camp it. and on November 12th, man, I assume, uh, I I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm excited to see what that suit looks like. I appreciate it. I'm excited too. So thank you for the time and, uh, everybody tune in November 12th. We're this close to crowning an NBA champ. And with the action heating up on the court, it's even hotter at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet, up to 1500 bucks if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire. 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. 
because individually we're great, but together we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Let us say hello to Valerie Lareda. She is back inside the Bellator cage this Friday. Bellator 271 taking on Taylor Turner, and she'll do so in her backyard, right down the street, Hollywood, Florida, just a hop, skip, and a jump from Miami. Valerie, good to see you. How are you? Hi, nice to see you. I'm so excited to be here in the Miami heat and looking forward to this fight. There you go. I mean, this is nice, right? Some hometown flavor, Bellator going to South Florida for the first time. I mean, obviously this is a no-brainer to get you on this card. When you found out that was the case, hometown fight, how did you react to that? I had to be on that card, you know, because they were going to put me on a card um, in October in Arizona, and I saw that there was no, like, I didn't have an opponent, nothing was really happening, and then I found out Bellator was coming to the Hard Rock, I'm like, please, I have to be on that card. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense, and this will obviously be your first fight since the loss to Hannah Guy in May. Obviously, not the way you drew it up. You had your moments. You got to show a lot of toughness, a lot of grit in that fight, dealing with the arm bars. And then a couple of days later, you go on Instagram, you got this huge cast on your arm, almost took your, your entire arm. If you don't mind me asking, what was the actual injury? I know you mentioned some ligament damage, but was there anything more yeah, in depth Yeah, it to was that? just a, a grade two sprain in my LCL and a grade two strain in my biceps. And um, I needed no surgery or anything, just intense rehab and... Um, a lot of work on my health and my mental health, but it was, it was, it was tough, but I got over it and I'm here better than ever. And I'm so excited to perform. On that story, you said, I feel like a fighter now after that loss. I mean, there's another word in that statement as well that I'm not going to repeat, but what, what did you mean by that? There was a lot of passion in those words. What did they mean? What did they mean to you? I feel like a fighter now. You know, uh, that was the first fight I was really tested on the ground. And um, that girl was tough. And she was just um, attacking submission after submission. She's not better than me. And I would like to fight her again at some point. But I felt like a fighter because I showed my heart. I showed that I won't give up. And I'll break my arm in there. I'll do whatever I have to. But I'm not going to attack. Um, I'm going to keep fighting. And... Um, I'm a, I was 22 years old then I just turned 23 and I chose to be on a platform where the world would watch me develop into a mixed martial artist in front of their eyes, you know? So I know people are tough on me, but I know also I did this to myself and I'm going to continue to do it. You know, it's part of developing into a full, well-rounded athlete and I changed my camp. Everything's been amazing. So I'm looking forward to getting back in the cage. What do you mean by change your camp? Just change things up altogether. What do you mean by that? Yeah, I, I changed my head coach. You know, I know there was a whole thing about the way I was spoken to in the corner. That's not the reason why, you know, there was a lot more reasons why um, beyond that, you know, but that was just kind of like added to it. Like the way I, I was spoken to in that corner is the negativity I heard every single day um, in my camp. Um, it's very tough to be a young girl, you know, and, and have these sponsorships and, you know, these modeling gigs and all of this. And people think I get it easier. Actually, I get it harder you know, and I realized that I don't need a negative uh, enforcement. I need positive reinforcement. I need um, a good team that supports me and has my back and, you know, believes in me because the whole world is doubting me. So why should people close to me, like, be so negative with me? You know, I do have amazing groundwork. I have amazing defense. And after this fight, I had the confidence to say, Valerie, 
you know, if you keep doing the same thing, that's the definition of insanity, right? So I had to change it up. And here I am. And I'm so excited to be back in here. So who, who are you training with now? So my head coach is Thiago Alves, Pitbull, and Katel, okay. um, and um, American Top Team. I've been working with Mako, um, Coach Brown, Mike Brown for my grappling, and Coach Pahumpa for my jiu-jitsu. So I'm really excited. You talked about how you've spent this time trying to fix your health and fix your mental health. Mm -hmm. What in particular have you had to work on from, from a mental mm -hmm. standpoint? Um, you know, from a mental st standpoint, when I got into the sport, you know, I had this like gut instincts that I've always followed, you know, and it was my style, my base. And I always told myself, no one could change that for me. And then I realized that because I was only three and all in a gym full of all these stars, I lost my confidence to say that I knew what was best for me as a martial artist. You know, I've been competing my whole life. I've been, I've been in Taekwondo my whole life. So um, really had to get back to who Valerie Loretta is and my core values as a woman and as a martial artist. And um, that's what I've done. And I've never felt more calm and happy. This is my fifth pro fight for Bellator. So I'm just excited and enjoying this in Miami. And, and just being able to do this in front of my friends and family is just, just an honor for me. Yeah, I was I was at ATT not too long ago on a sparring day and you were there working your tail off and there was definitely a look in your eye. There was an intensity to you that mm -hmm. it felt a little different, a, a focus, if you will. And you were very spongy, like the sparring ended and you were still there asking Tiago mm -hmm. all those questions and mm -hmm. just trying to take in as much information as possible. Like, what, what mm -hmm. would you say besides that has been the biggest change you've made besides the coaching as well since the Hannah Guy fight? You know, uh, it's what what bothered me about that fight. You know, there's like every champion loses. Like nobody's really undefeated in this sport, right? But it wasn't the fact that I lost. It was that I lost to someone who I know wasn't better than, you know, and that's what really like hurt me and broke my heart. And after I, the loss of the fight, it was the worst grief I've been through in my life because. Martial arts is my identity. It's all I know. Like on my free time, like there's nothing I like to do. Like people think like, I just, there's nothing I like to do that's not martial arts. Like there's nothing I like to do that's not being in the gym or like just feeling hurt. You know, it's, it's a sick obsession that I have. So um, it's really, it was, it was tough for me to lose to someone who I know I shouldn't have lost to because I know my talent is so much more. But it also the last time I lost was as an amateur and it forced me to grow and change my camp and make decisions for myself and you know after this fight I became my own boss again of my career and also my business and I've developed so much and also I've realized that my happiness in my life is not defined whether I win or lose a fight you know I, I can't live like that so I had to learn that um, people love me for who I am not just because I am a fighter and um that has given me just the happiness and motivation to like feel free and feel comfortable going back into a camp and losing this way and um, just doing this because I love it. Because at the end of the day, I don't have to do this. You know, I could go into broadcast journalism. I could be an actress tomorrow. I could be in movies. I could do modeling. I could be a professional dancer. I could go into dancing with the stars. But I've chosen to be in a sport where they hit me in the face every single day because I know there's something in my heart that's telling me I'm a true athlete and I'm a competitor and I'm going to have that belt for Bellator one day. And now you're going to get Taylor Turner, who's a veteran. She's been here before. She's been around mm -hmm. the block a few times. She's got some wins under her belt. She's been in there with some tough competition, the Alejandra Lowers of the world. Do you know a lot about her? Did, I mean, did the opponent even yeah. matter at all? I mean, she's 5'10 and 5'3. She's huge. Yeah, she's 38. She has a lot more experience than me. So I want to see who causes a setup fight. Like, say this is a setup fight, you know, like the media, oh, it's a setup. No, it's not. You know, like I'm not. I'm I'm 23. I have this is my gonna be my fifth fight professionally. I I did three amateur fights and I've done miracles with my experience, but my training and my heart, I believe that I could grow putting myself in positions like this because I am worthy, I'm a champion. And I, I could do it. I know I could do it. I train hard to do it and I truly love it and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to win on Friday. Yeah. One thing about Taylor is she's the definition of killer be killed. Her fights do not go to the judges, win or lose. And after going 15 tough minutes in your last fight, 
Do you feel like, I mean, not a setup, obviously, but do you feel like this is the perfect sort of stylistic fight for you to bounce back with in terms of styles, opponent, et cetera? Any fight they give me right now, because every girl's going to go off my last loss, right? By like basically submission. I want to see someone take me down, please. I promise you I'm going to submit you. Like, like I've, I'm just, at this point, I'm a jiu-jitsu fighter. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm confident in my stand-up. I'm, I'm even more confident in my ground right now. I'm looking forward for someone to take me down because I want to be on the floor and I, and I want to win by submission. And I think that's my biggest weapon that people are going to underestimate me and not know how much I've really trained and learned from my past fight. And that's where they're going to make a mistake. And that's where I'm going to take advantage and win. So we're still going to see the the jumping spin kicks and the flying spinning stuff. Like oh, that's you love it. It's fun. The flying stuff. My last fight, you know, I threw in the last round out of desperation and in my corner was like, you're terrible on the ground. And it was just, everything was wrong. Everything was wrong. That's not me. When I usually throw something like that, it's because I know it lands. I did it out of desperation because I knew I was losing the rounds. And I know I was spinning back place, which landed like two, three times. Okay, I missed the other one. Big deal, you know? But the facts that I have the ability to do things like that, I'm an entertainer. Like, whether I lost, people enjoyed that fight. You know, it's 15 minutes of, like, what's going to happen, you know? I'm getting out of this. I jump this way. I get up. I'm still throwing hands. And I throw a spinning kick. I miss it. She gets my back. You know, it's fun. Like, at the end of the day, I'm an entertainer, and I do this for the fans and for the media. So I hope everyone enjoys watching me fight, and, you know, I'm going to win whether people like it or not. Is this the most relaxed you've been heading into a fight? I mean, you're intense, but there, you seem more yeah. relaxed in the last couple of times I've talked to you. I'm just completely, like, focused. I know what I want. I know what I can do. I know my abilities, and, you know, I know I'm a warrior of God, and... um. I've been doing this my whole life. And now I lost, I don't even have pressure anymore. Like my biggest pressure before was all being undefeated. Like I never said I wanted to be undefeated. I always said I wanted to be one of the best entertainers in the sports history. And that's what I'm going to continue doing. I'm going to grow. I'm not saying I'm not going to lose again in the future. It's going to happen. You know, like this is MMA. It's unpredictable. But every fight I promise to give the fans an amazing show and give the best of Adorado. So how do we get this thing done? How do we prove the family and friends right, prove the doubters wrong. How do you send the hometown faithful into a frenzy on Friday? Just believing in myself and just executing my game plan and just being funny and passionate about it in the cage. Nice. And then last thing for me, we're not looking past Friday, obviously, but I know you want to be more active. You want to get in there as much as possible. You're enjoying it right now. What's the goal for 2022? Is there getting there three times? Like, is there specific goals mm -hmm. in MMA you have set for the next 12 or so months? Mm -hmm. So after this fight, I'm going to spend time off with my family. My sister turns 21, you know, at Christmas. I'm fighting on my dad's birthday, actually. So it's just crazy. My dad's going to corner me. So I want to spend time with my family for the end of the holidays. And then next year, I want to get in there three times. And um, I want to start earning my way into the top of the rankings. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to prove a lot of people wrong. All right. Well, Valerie, thank you so much. Now you got a busy week ahead of you. It's fight week. And uh, looking forward to seeing you back in there against Taylor Turner on Friday night. Thank you for the time, especially so close to the fight. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Let us say hello once again to the walking and talking Britton Hart. Very busy, of course, because it is fight week for BKFC once again. She's back this Friday. BKFC 22 in Miami taking on Pearl Gonzalez. Big fight at 125 pounds. Britton, good to see you as always. How are you? Oh, hey, I'm so good. As you can see, I'm walking in Miami. It's crazy. I'm walking my dog. So everyone say hi to my little Frenchie Margo, but we're walking, it's beautiful weather, and we're actually on our way to the press conference, which is where I will be fighting this Friday. Um, so it's just like super exciting. Uh, I feel good. And again, it's just like such a blessed feeling to be out in the like really beautiful day, even being busy and running around. It's nice to be in sunshine. Absolutely. So this will be a, a little bit of practice for the press conference. It's nice to have you back. And, uh, 
the last time we saw you compete, you were out getting married on fight week. You come back a couple of days later and you stop Jenny Savage at a huge BKFC 19 event. Anything exciting happened during this fight week? Although you set the bar kind of impossibly high last time. I know, right? Well, it was crazy because Paige Van Sant was my birthday. That fight was my birthday. So, whoa. And then I'm, then I'm getting married. Whoa. And, uh, you know, for this one, um, you know, it is a, it is a different variable in it. It's, uh, you know, definitely different mental stressors. You know, Joey had his fight, um, last week. So doing that together and being together on that and, um, picking up the pieces together. Uh, so that kind of is like one of those things I think that's motivating me, uh, to, you know, to keep it, keep it together and, and, and win and do this, you know, for him. Um, and of course my family and everybody back home as well. So yeah, it's a little bit different, a little bit different life situations going on right now. Um, but always something, <laughs> always something, always ready. You know, that's kind of like the story of why I have a Phoenix, you know, no matter what happens, you have to pick yourself up and get the job and task that you were assigned done. And sometimes it's not the perfect situation and sometimes they're great situations such as birthdays and getting married so you know you got to take the good with the bad so this is one of those examples there but I mean I am excited I want to be number one I have that driving factor um damn I'm tired of even talking about the title because I mean that was like back in February I felt like I earned that shit but you know everything is just a step closer to uh showing and defining who I am and getting closer to that to that legacy what I found interesting about this fight is that it got officially announced by BKFC right around Halloween. So that was like less than two weeks ago. When did you find out this was a thing? Because it seemed like it came out of nowhere. Yeah, I did. It was crazy. I really wanted to fight. And I know Taylor, I was really thinking it was going to be Taylor. Um, and I know Taylor's fight backed out. And I was like, well, hey, I'm ready. So I kind of had my mind and set you know, going forward with that. Cause I know the fans want it. And, um, then all of a sudden someone tagged me in this video and, uh, it was Pearl Gonzalez and, um, she was going off about some girl and I was like, Oh, it's not me, but it was me. Um, <laughs> so that had to be addressed pretty quickly. Um, you know, so I made an interview after I fought Jenny Savage and, um, you know, basically in the interview, I said Pearl would be an easy fight for me. Um, which I'm, I'm definitely still not taking that back, but as far as me saying that she's scared of me or anything like that, that's a little, that's a little far-fetched. She's, she's a good fighter. She's, you know, she's been, um, in the fight game and she has a lot of experience, but then again, been there, done that, you know, Paige was that too. And, and to me, it seems like these fighters that have talent realize it, they get exposed and then they go to OnlyFans and they're like, yay, you noticed me as a fighter, but let me go ahead and, and use my fight money to get fake tits and to get a fake ass or to get fake nose. And, you know, now it's like, well, what's really your priority, uh, what you look like or being a fighter. So to me, she kind of falls in one of those categories. She's not somebody that I feel like is going to be 100% dedicated to the fight game when, you know, it's kind of sad. Like, some other people like friends I have they get hooked on this OnlyFans and what do they do they spend like hours and hours in front of the camera and talking to fans and doing whatever they fucking do on there to make money you know and I'm not knocking it but again this is fighting we're talking about and to be the best is one of those things like I was just saying on this last interview you got to eat breathe and sleep it and it's very hard to do and it can be a very demanding very lonely road in fighting. So I'm just super lucky and fortunate that I hit the lottery with Joey um, because we do that. We both have that mentality. We're both super physically strong and mentally strong and have the same passion on being the best. We have the same passion in combat sports and damn, we're in the same promotion. But, you know, that, that gives me, again, even when I got 30,000 followers or, you know, xyz on variables you know i'm still not out there creating an only site or an exclusive site 
or, you know, wearing lingerie in every pic that I post because I'm really in the gym training and I really respect myself. And I really think that I need to be focused on being a wife, a mother and a fucking damn good fighter. So, so much to unpack from what you just said there. Uh, the first thing I would say, do you remember that interview when you said that she was an easy fight? Do you remember who did that interview with you? Yeah, I do. Was it this guy right here? Because it was this guy right yeah. here. <laughs> yes, yeah, so yeah, I remember that interview. I was going to ask you about I, it, but you did it for me. I so I should have said that. Yeah, now I'm like, it's right. You I'm do just, so many. Yeah. So <laughs> it's so many. you that made it's you that made the interview famous. So really, I should be thanking you and saying that you're the person behind this fight. Really, I asked you about it, and that's the answer you gave me. And you're very, you were very honest, and that's you're always very honest. And you know, you mentioned something that I found kind of fascinating because you've had a crazy year. You had the page fight. Knuckle mania was massive. BKFC 19. That was a massive event as well. Two big wins, two big spots. And now you get another pretty big name in Pearl Gonzalez early in her career. And a lot of people, I mean, hindsight being 2020 felt that booking page to fight you in her first BKFC fight was a big mistake. Do you feel that BKFC is making another mistake, giving Pearl a matchup with you in her second fight? Yeah, they absolutely are. They absolutely are. The only thing I can say is like, you know, respect towards her. I, uh, you know, and I don't like to look at other people's shit. I, again, don't have the time to do it. But if you tag me and stuff, I'm going to see it. So, you know, if you want me to see something, tag me in it. But I saw where um, someone tagged me in something where she said, you know, I'm on my way to Miami to be or to compete, I don't even think she said be, but anyway, she said that she was going against the most experienced number one contender at BKFC. And I was like, oh, well, thank you. Yeah, yes, I am. <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I, I do think it's a mistake, but I like that she's acknowledging it. You know, I do, I, I do appreciate that. Um, and again, you know, she has fight experience and she's one and oh, and and bare knuckle but i think that it's easy to go in there and have your first win be like as safe as she played it it you know it's not really seen bare knuckle up close you know the, she worked her boxing and she fought a way shorter opponent this is going to be a lot different again i'm definitely no sweetheart and no trista sigla so uh I don't know. I think it was a bad mistake, but I mean, again, I appreciate the competition because it's like now you're looking at it in the fact of I do have a, the most experience. This will be my sixth fight. And so any of these pro debuters, it doesn't logically make sense to give them to me. It's, a, it's not going to be fair. It's just like in boxing. You don't put a, you know, a pro debuter against someone who has seven fights. It just doesn't happen. So what am I going to do? Sit around and be shelved? You know, that's not fair. So for me, it's kind of like expected. Like I can't put any focus on, oh my God, this girl's a big name. Oh my God, this girl's another UFC. Oh my God, this girl's a, you know, WBC holder. Like whoever comes in the sport, I have to be prepared for the top competition and high level because I'm above that. You know, I can't get people with any experience it's not going to be fair when I beat them no one's going to give me the respect you know no one's going to give me the respect that I deserve or need and and even it sucks with like Paige you know that's it was you know maybe I shouldn't have talked so much shit because I I dug my grave in that you know because now that she lost to Rachel everyone's discrediting my win and, and being like oh Paige sucks she's zero and two you beat somebody who's zero and two and it's like no not really that girl was a Again, she still was a UFC veteran. She still had fight experience. And the, the thing people need to look at is money, you know, money. When, when these athletes and fighters have enough money to get food jobs and nose jobs and have only fan sites, they have money to train, to get massages, to, to have physical therapy, to have cryo, to have, I mean, you name it. But guess what that stuff is? That stuff is expensive. It is expensive to do. And I have just reached the point in my life where I don't have to juggle working two jobs. I don't have to 
eat cereal for dinner. Like I just got to that point in my life. So when I say I'm a threat, man, I was a threat when I was sleeping on my car. Just imagine what I am now, now that I have those same access to resources like they do, but I, I'm using it for still what my main purpose was and to, to be, uh, like I said, one of the best fighters there is. Um, but you know, she, she does have a huge following and, and she does have access to that. And, you know, she does train with the Serrano sisters and that stuff all sounds great on paper. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it's in here and it's up here. Another thing that you, you said was you thought it might be Taylor Starling and that once her fight dropped out, you were like, okay, I'm here, which is surprising because the last time you were asked about this, you both were in sync saying, we ain't fighting each other unless you want to pay us a whole bunch of money to do it. So what's what I guess has changed to, to make you so open to that fight now? Yeah, I, it did change because, and I'm not mad at her. You know, I still, I'm still, I still wish her the best. I wish no ill will against her. Um, but you can't say you're not going to fight and then be on social media or whatever and say, oh, well, I'm looking at the Brit and Hart fight or I really want the belt. I'm ready for the belt because I'm telling you, I have like uh, a almost crazy, like, I don't want to say crazy, but like possessive, like that belt's mine. I want that belt. And if you're my friend, and I'm meaning this like super on a dramatic, but if you're my friend and that's my belt and you're trying to take it from me, you're not my friend. You're stealing from me. You know what I mean? And it's not, like I said, I'm being dramatic about it, but that, has to be my mindset you know again circling back to what this interview is about is like we're not playing football we're not playing basketball where we can just shake hands and be done after we're talking about breaking faces and orbital bones and missing teeth and broken hands and I don't want to just do that to anybody you know like I'm still a person or, you know, in a compassionate feeling to people, you know, I don't want to just beat up everyone because they said something wrong. You know, I look at it as a sport, but the belt is something that I really want. And if anyone's going to say that they want it too, they're not for me. They're not on my side. So that's just the way I got to look at it. And then all these damn fans are making me mad. So it's really not even Taylor. It's her fucking fans. I can't stand Taylor Starling fans because they, again, you know, like, oh, it makes me sad, you know, like, respect yourself, you know, fucking our mom, you have two boys at home, you're better than that, you know, you don't have to be like all these other girls, now that the attention's on you, you know, I don't want to get on my thing and see your ass every freaking time I scroll my story, like, and then I don't want to hear my fans say, or not my fans, but her fans say, Taylor would destroy you. Taylor would smash you. I don't want to hear that shit without it being like, all right, you know what? We just need to settle it and get it out of the way so I can stop seeing it and I can stop hearing it, you know? And especially wow. if she says that she's after the belt. What a far cry from where we were just a few months back when you were at the press conference together. What a crazy thing. But obviously before that happens, we got to get through Friday. How do we get this thing done? How does this fight with pro Gonzalez play out? Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just going in there and, and being, being me, you know, you'll never know. You never know. <laughs> no, it's going to show up and just surprise you, but you know, I do got some points to prove. Um, there's a little animosity and some beef, you know, especially on social media. So, you know, I'm not really the one to fuck with on that, but if she wants to go down that road, you know, and, and see who's got the, the bigger dick, so to say, or who can be more gangster, I'm, I'm down for that competition. So it's whatever she chooses. She wants to box, we'll box. She wants to chess match, we'll play chess. And she wants to bang. Well, bang. Fair enough. Uh, two last quick things. One, you mentioned the belts. I know there's been a lot of talks about a 125 pound tournament to crown a champion starting sometime next year. Is that still the plan? Have you been told that that's still kind of the, the direction that the promotion is heading? Yeah, I guess so. Whatever plan, like I said, it's a stupid plan, but whatever. I don't make the rules. And uh, I feel like the tournament's been talked about so much. I don't even want to talk about it anymore. Because if we were going to announce a tournament, 
why isn't it announced? Why isn't me and Pearl the semifinals or quarterfinals or whatever freak? What did they just say? Hey, the very beginning of this so-called females tournament. I don't care. Just do something with it. Because right now I've heard it so many times with no action. It's just words. So uh, I'm done talking about what tournament and what I think about it because it's not going to happen. And if it is, whatever, you know. And then last thing, I mean, after sharing the ring with her earlier this year, competing on the same card with her again later this year, seeing what she's been doing lately in the pro wrestling world, finding success there. Do you feel like we've seen Paige's last bare knuckle fight? Do you think she gets back in there again? I mean, I would think it would be smart of her to, you know, as far as like internally knowing she didn't quit and finish out her contract, but you know, whatever, kudos her. She's doing, she's doing her thing. She's finding her niche and wrestling. And if they like her there and she's happy there, be happy. Like, don't worry about what other people think of you. But I mean, I, I personally think she should finish it out to the end. And so she has one more fight on her contract, finish it out. Get, you know, you're good. She's a good fighter. There's definitely levels to this game. And I, I think that she should go out with a bang at least and say, Hey, I'll finish it, but I get to choose my opponent and choose somebody. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see her one more time. The company invested so much in her and, you know, her face is plastered everywhere when it comes to BKFC. So it'd be nice for her to at least have one win. Well said. Britton, thank you for the time as always. It means a lot, especially so close to the fight. All the best to you on Friday. Looking forward to this matchup and have fun at the press conference. Awesome. You know I will. <laughs> Thanks, Britton. All right, bye. Think Britain Hart's ready to fight? That was some interview. And Pearl Gonzalez, that's some interview as well. Again, you can find that on our YouTube channel before BKFC 22. You'll be able to watch the Britain Hart interview as well. She's walking to the press conference. And big thank you to her. Big thank you to Valerie Lareda. Big thank you to Aaron Pico for their time this week on We Got Next. We'll be back next week. I can already reveal one guest. Adrian Yanez will join us. He's getting ready to fight Davy Grant on November 20th. What a fight that's going to be at 135 pounds. So he will join us. Rest of the guest list, TBD. But we appreciate you listening to the show. As always, of course, UFC Vegas 42 coming up on Saturday. Early start time. Prelims kick off at 1 p.m. Eastern. Main card at 4 p.m. Eastern. That one's headlined by Max Holloway versus Yaya Rodriguez. We get Bellator 271 on Friday. We got BKFC 22 on Friday. It's a busy weekend in combat sports. What a time to be a fan of MMA and boxing and air knuckle boxing. Just so much going on on a weekly basis as we head into the holiday season. So be sure you check out all coverage throughout the week for these events. A lot to be excited about, like I said earlier. And that's it. I am Mike Heck. Join us next week once again on We Got Next. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. With the NBA Finals around the corner, you can bet with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get a no-sweat bet up to $1,500 if your first bet doesn't hit. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. One no-sweat bet per new customer. Issued as one bonus bet based on amount of initial losing bet. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. 
Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on Call mom? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.